And the angel said to the shepherds, Be not afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy, which will come to all the people. For to you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. In the name of the living and true God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Please be seated. Good news, great joy. Good news, great joy. Who doesn't want to hear some good news from time to time and be filled with great joy? There's a lot of news out there in today's world, but most of it, frankly, is not that good. I don't know if bad news just gets better ratings or if there really is more bad news out there than good or perhaps it's a combination of both, but there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of good news. Occasionally, there will be some good news reported, maybe something about like a cat on a YouTube video, (laughs) but it's usually just a fleeting story. The message of the angel to the shepherds in the dark of night was, I bring you good news of a great joy which will come to all people. What is this good news of great joy that we celebrate in the darkness of this night? You're hoping that I'll just say, Jesus was born, amen, and move on with the service. Sorry, if you didn't want a sermon, you should have come to the 4.30 when we had our Christmas pageant. In order to understand, let alone appreciate, let alone celebrate this good news of great joy, we must begin at the beginning. Because that baby in the manger, that word of God the Father come in the flesh, is the very same word of God the Father who was in the beginning with God and through whom all things were made. It is true. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, he did so through his word. You remember the story. How did God create? He spoke. And when we speak, what comes out of our mouths? Words carried on breath. The word was in the beginning in creation. And by him all things were made. And when God made us human beings, male and female, he did so in his own image, we learn. We bore the imprint of his word within us. But we marred that image of the word of God within us. I'd like to turn to one of the early church fathers, St. Athanasius, 4th century bishop of Alexandria, great defender of the Catholic faith. Uh, And he wrote one of the works he's most well-known for is called On the Incarnation. And in it, he says, God not only made us out of nothing, but had also graciously bestowed on us his own life by the grace of the word. Then, turning from eternal things to things corruptible, We had become the cause of our own corruption. 
having invented wickedness in the beginning and so involved ourselves in death and corruption, we had gone on gradually from bad to worse, not stopping at any one kind of evil, but continually as with insatiable appetite, devising, he says, new kinds of sins. Law was disregarded in corruption and injustice. All kinds of iniquities were perpetrated by all, both singly and in common. Cities were warring with cities. Nations were rising against nations. And the whole earth was rent with factions and battles, while each strove to outdo the other in wickedness. St. Athanasius writes in the fourth century of the time before the word made, was made flesh. But it, his writing sounds eerily familiar, doesn't it? Here is an accounting of all the bad news that fills our own world still today. We need no convincing of the reality and the severity of the problem, do we? The image of God was lost on his beloved creation. Where life was given, death now reigned. What possible solution could there be? Only God, our maker, could restore his creation. And again, I'm going to turn to St. Athanasius in one of his most famous works on the Incarnation, in one, one of his most famous passages in that work, he speaks of this solution. He says, you know what happens when a portrait that has been painted on a panel becomes obliterated through external stains. So just think of a portrait on a panel that becomes marred. The artist does not throw away the panel, he says, but the subject of the portrait has to come and sit for it again. And then the likeness is redrawn on the same image, on the same material. Even so, he says, was it with the all-holy Son of God. He, the image of the Father, came and dwelt in our midst in order that he might renew mankind made after himself and seek out his lost sheep. We are the ones who are the cause of the word becoming flesh. He did so for our own salvation, that in his great love he was born and manifested himself in the human body that he might restore his image within us. So it is that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. St. Athanasius says that the renewal of creation has been wrought by the self-same word who made it in the beginning. The word created, and in the fullness of time, the word recreated, incarnate in our Lord Jesus. This is the good news of great joy, which will come to all people. This is the good news that we celebrate tonight. Now, some may say, that's all well and good, but how does this good news and great joy help with the pain of now? Let's say the word really did become flesh for our redemption. How does that help me with the pain of now? And I don't say this question lightly because I think it's one that we all ask ourselves from time to time, this pain of now. 
Well, the peace of Christ, which the angel speaks of, is available to us for the pain of now. But what we often fail to realize is that there is so much more to life than the pain of now. In fact, it is our short-sightedness in general that so often gets us into such mischief. How often do we try to save ourselves from the pain of now by seeking the pleasure of now? which often just brings us more pain. It can be a vicious cycle. Christ has come in the flesh to give us comfort and peace for the pain of now, but that comfort and peace really comes from the hope that we have in him for the long view. The pain of now is nothing compared to that corruption and death that St. Athanasius speaks of. This is what he has come to save us from, to restore the image of the eternal God back into our broken bodies and souls so that now our corruption and death is no longer the end game. We do not need to bury our heads in the present moment out of fear of our temporary mortal existence. We do not need to distract ourselves from the corruption and death of our human nature. That which we had condemned to corruption and death through our own transgression has now been made incorruptible through the eternal word of God made flesh. Thanks to that little baby in the manger, we can rest in the assurance that the image of God has been restored to and for all humanity. All we need to do is receive the gift of redemption in Christ. And this is the place where the peace and the comfort and the joy actually come from, this long view. This is the salvation of which the shepherds rejoiced that dark night out in the field. Sure, they still had to wake up the next day, go back to work on Monday morning. So will Mary and Joseph, by the way. And in fact, we know well the pain and heartache that await Mary and Joseph, don't we? To witness the unjust suffering, torture, and death of their only son? One of the worst experiences any parent could ever go through. Think about the pain of Mary at the foot of the cross, a helpless bystander to her son's crucifixion. The pain of now will not vanish for any of these original cast of characters in the Christmas crash. But that is not the reason for their celebration on this holy night, nor is it the reason for ours. The reason we celebrate, the reason for our celebration this night, is that God in his unfathomable love will not abandon his creation to the grave. The word of God has come in the flesh to restore his image in each one of us. To us is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. What good news. What great joy. In the name of the living and true God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen.